Hello, and welcome to the Real Tech, Real Life podcast, a conversational medley with four women who've been there, done that, and lived to tell about it. Welcome to the very first episode of Real Tech, Real Life. I'm joined today by Lori Asbury, Miriam Naruzzi, and Andrea Giametti. And this is our first episode, so bear with us a bit as we experiment with sound and editing and all the things that go into doing podcasts, which we've never done before. But we're really excited to have you join and would love to have you go to our website at www.realtechreallife.com for a guide to our upcoming episodes and also as a chance to, to give us feedback. For the better part of the last decade. And during a girls' spa weekend with the four of us uh, about a month or so ago, it occurred to me that we had really interesting conversations. We've got very diverse backgrounds, both personally and professionally, yet we've also worked together collectively for for more or less uh, the last decade. And I thought it would be a great chance for us to try to capture some of the conversations we have. Maybe somebody can get a, a if, you know help out of it at some point. Um, maybe somebody can benefit. At the same time, we'll have a good time while we do it. And so that was where this idea for the podcast came from. So for today's topic, I thought we would talk about two things that uh, we've spent a fair amount of our, our, our uh, time discussing here over the last couple of months, just amongst the four of us. And the two topics are networking and mentoring. So let's start with networking. And Miriam, I know you were saying you read an article recently that said that a high percentage of more senior folks are, or they find their jobs through networks. And I, I mean, I totally think that's the case. Um, but man, it's hard to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sure is. yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, Lori, you, you are the consummate networker. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the magic. How yeah. Do you do so it? What, what's, what is your secret to, uh, to networking? Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting as we started thinking about this topic and, and, and putting it in the context of finding a job or, you know, restarting a network when you've been heads down on your current job. And, and to me, I, I think about it slightly differently in that it's, it's an ongoing activity because it's really about just building relationships and connecting to people and maintaining those relationships over time. I think where it gets interesting is that, you know, you really only have this core group of people that you can have these meaningful interactions with at one time. Like, have you guys heard the the, the research about, um, what is it, Dunn's number of 150 being the magic number? Yeah. You know, interesting. Right. This is a topic for another day, but interestingly enough, um, Spotify organized their business around that philosophy, their org chart around that philosophy. Is that right? Well, I didn't know. I started doing some research about sort of where that came from because I'd always heard that number, but it actually came from some research that he did with Gore-Tex. And the, the, the folks at Gore-Tex found that when they had factories that had 150 people plus, they became much less proficient. So they discovered that that was sort of a magic number. And once he started doing this research, he found that other 
um, cultures and communities and businesses had found the same. So it's interesting that that Spotify has, has carried that on as well. Um, but you know, to to me, it's interesting because then it gets to be like, well, how big is too big, and how do you effectively manage that network? You know, how do you nurture it along the way, contribute to the network, right? Not just take from the network when you need something, but how do you keep it alive and going so that when you do need something, it's right there? Do you, because you're um, obviously, you're really good at this. I think Miriam and Andrea would both agree. Um, Do you think of your business network separate from your personal network or are they the same thing? Or do you have, do you have different networks for different purposes? Right. So I, I, I do and I don't. I, you know, I think of the network as all um, one. I think I'm one of those that has fuzzier boundaries than maybe uh, some people do. Um, and I remember back when we started, uh, you know, way back in the last decade when, when we started getting involved in Facebook, I remember that, um, you know, the lines there were uh, – much less defined that that people who were professionals were you know checking out Facebook from a you know Silicon Valley tech, technology company perspective and so we became friends I think with the people that we worked with and there was much less separation I think today we have very targeted um, networks like LinkedIn is very much around the professional and 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 Facebook is is uh, perhaps more. Um, more social, but I personally think about them as kind of one, and yet there are buckets within each. So certainly there are, I think of them as concentric circles almost, you know, I have different, um, uh, you know, folks that I interact with on different topics, but I actually think, you know, Miriam, for example, I've seen her do some really cool things recently with using the network. And I, I'm wondering, Miriam, if you think about it that way, because I've seen you on LinkedIn starting to post, or maybe you've always done this, posting interesting articles, very targeted business topics. And that to me is using your network, even though you're not taking something from it, you're giving to the network. How do you think about that? And that I mean, honestly, the way you framed it, I think uh, I would have never thought of it that way. But um, <laughs> everything that I have been reading uh, seems to... I mean, I, I do use LinkedIn as uh, my professional network, but there's no networking that goes on. I think there is not a lot of interaction. I don't, I mean, I think all of us probably each have about, I don't know, a thousand people in our LinkedIn circle. What does it really mean? Like, I don't ever go through it and comb through it and send a note out. Um, so this, and interestingly enough, when I post articles that people like, oftentimes it's people who are one or two levels away. Yeah. who are responding to it. Uh, but I have noticed that when I do that, the uh, the number of views that I get on my profile picks up. So I've been trying to look at the patterns and see mm-hmm. how that pattern kind of works. Don't know what it means, but it's just been an interesting experiment for me to kind of see like how it impacts kind of getting picked up and showing up in someone's feed. And um, I did reach out to a career, um, uh, what do they call those coaches, uh, a couple about a month ago, I wanted to kind of engage with her. And what was funny is that I was, as part of the interview process with her, she had looked at my feed. So she had formed some opinion of me based off things that I posted. Like she even referenced one of the articles uh, that I posted and kind of had a conversation with me. So I thought it was an interesting thing, interesting tool, but uh, I haven't done it long enough to actually say it's part of my method. It's not a method yet. It's an experiment. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's interesting that that you didn't do it for some ulterior motive. And I think that's true of a lot of what we do around the networking is that because it's relationship based, that we do these things naturally without thinking about it. You know, so Lori, you called out me specifically because I maybe talk about it and frame it that way. But, you know, another example is Andrea, you know, I see you having started your new job doing, uh, you know, thinking about business problems that you're trying to solve and reaching out to trusted advisors that you know to say, hey, didn't you do this at X, Y, and Z company? And and uh, so do you consider that to be a form of networking and sort of taking and giving that sort of reciprocity? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm sorry, I have background noise. That's why I'm muting here. But um, uh, I think it's, I've actually feel like this is probably the first time in my career where I've had this and it's been, it started with just specifically this little circle and it's been a massive help to me to have you guys to reach out to for, you know, how did we do this in the past? How have you seen this in the past? How have you done this? I don't know what I would be doing right now without that, but I honestly feel like it's the first time I've really had that because as you guys who know me know, I'm not good with reaching out and asking for things and making, <laughs> making friends and all of these things, but I have that level of, I think, friendship and deep, you know, relationships with you guys that has made it a lot easier. Um, and so it's interesting. I hadn't even thought too much about that until you pointed out. But, um, but yes, I mean, that's exactly what I've been doing. And it's, it's been a, a massive help, but it's taken, for me, it has to be come from that kind of people I really have already a strong relationship with but just because I struggle with going out and building relationships and but I think that that's because I mean and you're certainly on the introvert side I, I I skew that way as well and I think it's hard for me to talk to somebody um without having a reason to talk to them I mean I won't just start a conversation for no reason um which you know the I guess that's it's good when you have something to ask but it also means that typically when you're reaching out um, you're reaching out because you need something. And I think it's that balance of, um, you know, how do you keep that cycle going, get that, keep that circle going um, when you don't need anything? Because it's not natural for me to, to reach out to people. It's just not. And uh, I think for some people it is. Um, Lori, I think you're great at it. Um, yeah, Miriam, you seem to be, I don't know, maybe misreading that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that's interesting too, though, because as an introvert, it's hard to ask people for things. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's taken me knowing you guys well enough to ask for it. But I also want to feel like I'm contributing and so that there's that balance. And so going back to your point, Lori, of contributing to the thing, it's like you feel like you're always, always asking. I'll stop asking just because I'm like, I don't want to bother them anymore. I've already asked for all these things. Um, and so, you know, perhaps for somebody like me, I need to look for more ways if nobody's asking me for anything to contribute back in yeah. so that I feel that balance again, that I feel comfortable to continually ask for it um that's a struggle it was interesting too another thing i had not thought about is um networking while we were all employed i mean we all got to know each other because we networked with each other and even though we all stopped working with each other we continued that relationship it was the friendship it was something that made us continue that cycle Mm -hmm. and i've done that selectively because i actually consider myself an introvert too um, I have equally a hard time to just kind of walk to people and talk to them and ask for things. But I've noticed that with people that I like, that relationship is continued. And like, and, it, and as I look back in my 10 years of Ethereum, for example, um, I feel that uh, the people that I'm keeping in touch, with, in touch with on a regular basis, I do it not having anything to talk about. I just do it for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. And if I only could do this with my network, 
it probably would have been maintained outside of the period too. And one of the things that you did really well with me was we, we for, and I think this is true for you guys as well, we've had a monthly meeting scheduled for, what, seven years now, six years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you guys probably do as well. And so that gives you a reason to have the conversation. But it is interesting because, um, uh, you know, Lori's moved. I've moved twice. Um, we, none of us have ever been in the same city at the same time, um, ever. I think when Maury was leaving San Francisco, I was going. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. It's harder to do it when your network is, and my network is very remote. Um, I mean, it just spread all over the place, but it's so much harder to do, I think, when you don't have a reason to like get together or you don't run into somebody, you know, at, at an event or something. It takes a lot more work. And that's where I think the technology tools really do play a, a really good role there, because I think, you know, if you can carve out some time to just browse your LinkedIn feed, see what people are doing and and just either do a like or send them a quick note uh, of something that, you know, just even a congratulations if, if there's some big announcement, I think, you know, that that's a way of kind of keeping you connected, um, even if you are remote. I think the question there for like us introverts is how do you make that a habit? Like, I think it's natural for you. You've always been very proactive about these things. Whereas I am not, I'm horrible. I just don't, I don't think about it. I don't practically. And even if it's like somebody's birthday, like I'll see the note in my head. I'll be like, Oh, I hope you have a happy birthday. But I don't follow through and actually like send them a note, which who doesn't want to receive a note saying, Hey, happy birthday. Right. But for me, there's that, there's some sort of a wall between, um, thinking it and actually doing it making that leap well so i now understand why i got invited to this podcast is that i'm the token extrovert (laughs) (laughs) no you're 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 good lori we needed a we need a good to balance the bad i I just want to hang out with the bad lori and i would say i think lori williams you may be an introverted at heart but i don't think you're quite as as far to that extreme as maybe i am and probably miriam too You know, it's interesting. I mean, there's a balance. There's different forms of, of, of think, being or different kind of pieces of being introvert. When it comes to um, the piece where introverts draw their energy from being alone and have to recharge, that 100% is me. Yeah, Um, me too. There is also sort of the the, um, more, uh, uh, I think, when people think of introvert, they think of, you know, somebody that's really quiet and to themselves. Um, I'm definitely, you know, closer to an extrovert that way. Um, but I also, I'm not ever going to reach out. Um, I mean, I, I've gotten so much better at it, but, um, it's just, it's really, I don't know if it's fear of rejection. I don't know what it is, but it's just not, it's not my personality. See, well, for and that's me, where I- and most, but most people who meet me new, like my new friend, Jake, we've talked about, would never believe. <laughs> Can we I'm meet an, Jake? Is he around? An introvert. He is. He's upstairs. <laughs> would never believe that I'm an introvert because I do well in one-on-one. Once I meet somebody, you put me in a one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three kind of scenario. I, I do really, really well. But like you, I need my energy from being alone. But the other thing, I think it's deeply inherently about being shy. Mm-hmm. From the time I was a young child, I was very, very, very shy. And I still am to this day. It takes a lot for me to proactively put myself out there and do things. And then you guys know, you especially Lori Williams know this about me. Um, and it's inherently being shy, which I think over the years is termed to be an introvert. But uh, Lori, I think I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no, no. That's exactly the other Lori. <laughs> <laughs> both Lori's. Yeah. That's the beauty of this format. You get to cut us both off uh, at the same time. Um, but, you know, I, what you were describing is, um, you know, I think we, the, the, the power of sort of having 
and this sort of bleeds into the discussion around mentoring and, and how you get sort of that feedback or guidance or, you know, a sounding board. I think there's such power in having, you know, networks exist in different flavors, right? The kind of remote ones that you occasionally scan through and you tap into when you need something, uh, you know, the ones that you contribute to and see who pop surfaces because of that. Um, the ones that you're much more actively engaging, but then to have a small group of supportive folks who know you and build relationship over time and can encourage you, you know, like Lori, you're so good at, um, first off that kind of, um, big picture thinking and sort of distilling all these, you know, data points and, and figuring out kind of what are some good next steps. And I've watched you like with Miriam you know, I heard from her that you encouraged her to go to a TechCrunch event in D.C., which she would never have done on her own. But you sort of helped her get comfortable with that. And, and she went out and did it. And, and Miriam, was that something that was, you know, I, I won't put words in your mouth, but I, I, I love that story too. about how you thought about it because you had talked to Lori. Yeah, she actually made me do two things that I wouldn't have done had she not told me to do. One was that. But interestingly enough, I did go to the TechCrunch uh, conference uh, and I dragged Ken along with me. And uh, not only that, when I got there, I was having a hard time. Like, how do you just go talk to <laughs> don't know? So I got stuck at that networking part there, but I did get there. So that part of it, like, you know, the part one of this work. Uh, but the second thing she uh, also suggests I do, which again, I wouldn't have never done, not that I didn't even think about the idea, but also I wouldn't have uh, followed through is uh, kind of volunteering um, mm. with, you know, startup groups. And uh, and it was interesting. And I think I told you the story, or maybe I mentioned it. Uh, I reached out to this organization. They had a form to do it. Every time I see someone asking me a lot of details in a form that can be easily obtained, I, I honestly just don't want to do it. So I did start the form. I never finished it uh, because they started asking me questions, like almost like a resume type thing. And then they, somebody pinged me from their organization. Hey, I noticed that you started a form, but you never finished it. And it was for people who wanted to actually take advantage of uh, the incubator help that they provide. Mm-hmm. And I and so I said, you know what? What do I have to lose? So I asked them. I said, do you, I, you know, a friend of mine mentioned something like this in a different, you know, a tech start um, type of a organization, do you guys have mentoring opportunity? And he ended up connecting me with someone else. The woman called me, you know, interviewed me and then sent me the application. Uh, so again, these are the com- a couple of things that, a couple of uh, things I would have never tried that Lori kind of nudged me and gave me enough information to go seek and do. I think I've taken the first step, but the next step is to actually do something with some of these which uh, is kind of it's actually a, a natural segue into we're almost at the fifteen minute mark so hey that's perfect <laughs> <pretty> well um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, it's a natural segue into the the mentoring thing I mean I think the two are very related um, I think that um, the uh, you know people that um, uh, when when you are kind of getting introduced into a new network if you can come up with one person that you know in common isn't it amazing how much uh, easier it makes everything else. Even if it's like three people removed, there's almost, there's immediately that bond. And I think that it's where the mentoring comes in as well. And that, um, you know, people mentor for different reasons and one of them is to learn. The other is, um, you know, learn about how somebody does things. The other is to get advice more, you know, like an accountability group or person. Um, But the other is just access to the the world that 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 other person has. And 
Um, I think that that's, you know, to me, that's where the, the, the uh, kind of the connection between mentoring and, and networking comes in as well. Yeah. Um, One of the other interesting connections to me that I've started thinking about recently uh, between networking and mentoring is, is looking at, um, you know, sort of evaluating the network that you have today. You know, like I said, I don't put a lot of attention into, okay, I'm going to carve out these many hours to go through and I don't have a very targeted way of working my network, so to speak. Um, it's just sort of happened organically, but then to step back and take a look at it. And, and there are some online assessment tools where you can go through and just evaluate your network, you know, just give, give points based on, you know, how much candid feedback your network gives you. Does it feel vibrant and dynamic? Um, but here's one of the key um, questions for me is, does it represent your future goals as much as it does your past? Yeah. And so I think that's where if you're, if you're starting to look ahead to the next step and you're wanting to say, how do I get there? That to me is starting to grow your network in that way, but then also finding those appropriate mentors. Have, how have you guys looked in the past at, at finding folks to, to, to be mentors for you? Or is it been, has it been more organic? I've been, it's, it's something I wish I had done early in my career. I did not have a good set of mentors. I bounced around. Um, and, yeah, I have no good answer on that one. Um, <laughs> That's a good answer. I think answer is a good answer. Until I found you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually always stayed in I – mean, I, you know, for me, it's always been about people that I like. When I've, If I've liked them, I've kind of stayed in touch with them. Um, like the first woman who hired me, my first job. Um, she's, uh, I don't know, in her high sixties, uh, and we still keep in touch. And is she the same mentor as she was? I think the relationship has changed because I have changed as a person I've grown. Um, but I, you know, do meet with her occasionally. I did that, but I don't know what it is, but maybe I've been lucky enough that I've locked my, like most of my bosses, people who I reported to and those relationships have carried. But I want to say that I think, uh, this job with the 10 year tenure, I would say my mentors, whether they know it or not, came out of the groups that, I mean, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of folks on this call that I look up to, but, you know, I just talked to Ebner not too long ago. I mean, it's still that really, whether it's the clearly called out as a mentorship, I think there is something when you respect someone's opinion enough to want to have a conversation, talk to them about, uh, you know, especially work-related, professional uh, direction, those kinds of things. To me, that's an informal way of calling someone a mentor. It's nothing more than someone willing to listen as well as know you well enough to be able to guide you or help you make decisions. So I've, I've always looked at it that way. But I don't think anybody – I'm not sure if the other person always thinks of themselves as my mentor, but I look at them as my mentors. That's, that's the part I was just thinking about. I'm like, if I think back, I kind of maybe jumped a little too quickly. I do have people that I've looked at perhaps as a mentor. I've just never put anything around it thinking, oh, wow, you're my mentor. I mean, I've looked up to them and taken advice from them. And it's generally somebody who was a, a, a job or a boss, you know, somebody I reported to. Um, you know, Lori, you've been in that position for me for years, but we've never, I've never said, Hey, Lori, you're my mentor. You know, but <laughs> I reported the other Lori, sorry. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, it's because, but I've never, 
I know people actually have formalized, you know, mentor-mentee relationships in their career. And I think some people are, you know, they go out on this path. But like early in my career, nobody told me to do that. I didn't come from parents who were in the business world who said, hey, go find a mentor. They certainly weren't my mentor. Um, you know, nobody was giving me that direction. So I've just found, like you, Miriam, people I had relationships that I've looked up to and asked a lot of and things. But, you know, is that different than defining, hey, will you be my mentor? Will you help me with my career path? Um, so... Yeah, I've never, I've never done that either. I mean, it's always been more informal. I mean, there's certainly, it's almost a combination of uh, sort of split between role models and then um, those that you interact with every day, you know, obviously up there um, and, and other folks in my career as well. But, uh, uh, you know, it is, it is about finding that balance um, and having folks that you can reach out to. I mean, I think when you reach a point where you're in a, a job where they're, isn't anyone that can mentor you? I mean, I think that's a big, by the way, that's not the case at this point, but for me, but, um, you know, I, I think that I have been in situations in the past where I looked around and I'm like, there's no one here I can learn. I mean, I, you can always learn from people, but you know what I mean? I mean, nobody here that really can help me get to the next level and how I look at things. And, um, I think that for me is always a pretty big, big red flag that it's time, time to move on. Yeah. The, the example that I was going to share is uh, because my experience is very similar in that, you know, like Miriam I, and, and, um, and both of, of you, Andrea and Lori, you know, just staying in touch with people and the people that, that you respect, those are the, your go-to people. But there are also ways to create those things where, where it doesn't exist. And, and to me, it's sort of that give and take model again. You know, my approach and philosophy is always that in any given role and relationship, you always have this opportunity to, to, you know, be teacher student and kind of swap them back and forth. Um, and so one of the things that happened for me was at, uh, Aperio, I had the opportunity to be a part of the lean in initiatives that we did. Um, but then here living in Huntsville, Alabama and not being tied into the business world, it didn't exist for me personally. And so I used lean in and it could have been any other sort of framework or construct, but I actually brought that to a Wednesday night co-working event and set up these weekly um, uh, sessions around Lean In where I met other professional women and we wound up forming relationships um, and, and mentor-mentee. Now, these weren't long-term, but they could have been or they you know, have the potential to be. So there's also that opportunity to really sort of go out and create your own and not just look at it again, as, you know, what can I get from this person, but how can I contribute and then get something in return as well? Yeah, I think it's a good point because, sorry, Miriam, the, um, I think the, uh, uh, it's also not just mentoring with people for jobs, but it's spreading beyond. I think the, uh, the, that's the thing I really think I've kind of faltered at the last 10 years or so is not, not having enough that balance. Um, and I, I, you know, I look at, uh, folks that, that, I look at role models or mentors in the past, and some of them actually had nothing to do with with my job or my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but either they, there was something about them that I felt I could learn from. There was something about their experiences that um, you know I could benefit, and, and vice versa. Um, but it, I do think that that's 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 actually one of the things I've been thinking about a lot about lately is how do I how do I get out of this business only mindset and and extend beyond, and it's not easy. No. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to say. I think we have to talk about in mentoring. I think another thing that comes to my mind is the notion of sponsoring, being having a sponsor. I do think they're two distinct things. And sometimes in my mind, I couldn't really, I can't, it's not always easy to separate the two. But when we talk about the career, I do think a sponsor is 
equally, if not more important than a mentor. Yes. Um, so I think that's probably a conversation on, uh, on it by itself. But the other so, part, I think what, you, you, um, uh, Lori Williams, you were talking about, um, uh, the whole uh, kind of going beyond your work cycle yeah. to work group to figure out who your mentors are. I mean, I've noticed that I've, maybe it's my age, I don't know what it is, but I tend to have a circle of folks beyond my normal friendship circles. I think maybe I was a bit more selfish in my time in the past. I don't know. Um, I think life focused. is hard. I, I, I mean, you're, going. you're focused. I mean, you, you got two kids, yeah. you got, got yeah. a lot to, yeah. Now I feel like I am opening up and I'm amazed at people that who are nothing like me, whether they are working moms and, uh, you know, age very different from me. They still are able to bring input to the way I do things. That is just such a refreshing way of looking at it. I just never thought about it that way. I'm always very focused on my BFF. BFF has very few very focused relationships, but now that I've expanded beyond and I look at it differently, it's amazing that just having that breath, you're able to get uh, a lot from a variety of folks uh, and friendships and relationships. And to me, that's that's something that I've learned and I didn't even realize it. It just happened in the past year. Do you do you have uh, people that um, think see you as the mentor that, that you actually have a normal engagement with? regular you know what's interesting to me is that i never realized how many people think of me as their mentor but maybe much like my mentors never kind of were labeled as such i guess i do and say things or act in a way that others people who are younger than me or maybe not as experienced in the field whatever they felt that i was a mentor but like i don't have a relation an ongoing relationship with someone who kind of says and, you know, bounces regularly ideas off of me. Um, and I'm not sure what it gets. You know, I think um, I would be very open to that. And I think I'm always very open when someone says, hey, can we chat? And I do that a lot, but I don't have it. And, like, I don't have the same kind of a thing like I have with you, uh, you know, hey, we meet once a month. Or, you know, I did the same thing with Efner. There are people that I respect and I felt it was important for me to stay connected with. I haven't seen anyone in a period do that to the same level that I, that I did, which I feel was very important to me. I think it was very important to my growth of the period, just as a person. And um, so I, if there was a tip that I wanted to give someone at a period, especially the women, or even if, if it doesn't, it just happens to be much more comfortable when you come from the same point of view. Uh, but I think that's one thing, whatever it was, whatever led to that path, it was the right thing to do. Uh, otherwise, in a virtual company, how else are you supposed to maintain relationships? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that. But that question specifically about people looking at you as a mentor is interesting because the first time in my career, and I think this is directly a reflective of age. Um, since leaving Imperio, I've had a couple of my former employees who have reached out to me specifically asking for career advice and things like that. Which, and a, the same folks would kind of reach out to me when I work when they worked under me. But it's been an interesting kind of perspective um, having it happen now. You know, and perhaps what I need to do, and I just kind of, you know, when they call, I answer, and I and I we talk for a while, and I give them advice, and then kind of go away. And I was actually thinking of one of them today is that perhaps I need to be more proactive. And hey, you know, what happened with that? Let's follow up. You know, give me a call again so that, you know, I 
so I can give back kind of in like to your point, Lori, earlier, we were talking about being able to not only take, but give back. So what I've taken, say, from Lori Williams over the years, I'm giving back to somebody else. And um, but it's been it's been the first time I've been kind of placed in that where I think they're looking up to me. And I, honestly, I think it's age and experience. <laughs> but it is. I mean, that's what your mentor is, right? <laughs> so but, but um, you're, you're in a situation where, you know, you've gone into a new organization and Part of the reason that they hired you is because they think you know more than they do, and you do know a lot more than they do about certain <laughs> certain you know, things, right? We're still figuring that out. Uh, yeah. So you're you're effectively mentoring an organization um, in mm-hmm. lots of ways. Well, well, we'll see how that works out. Well, you're but I think, you're in La Costa, so it must be all good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really is a great point that both Miriam and Andrea touched on that. You know, we often have these interactions that come up naturally and we don't we don't think about them. And so it's only when when there's a, a, a shift in relationship or, you know, you leave the company and you you get some insight into just how many people, you know, really did feel that way. Because, Andrea, you might think, well, they they worked for you. They worked on your team. They had to talk to you. <laughs> so it's a different level of validation. But I think, you know, the takeaway for me there is that you always have the opportunity to, to be mentoring people, even though when, you know, you're not thinking about it um, as such. And I think, you, you know, those things happen organically, but I, I do like the idea of, of really being that person that sort of follows up and, and makes it a an encouraging space for somebody else to, to drop into. So we're coming up on uh, coming up a little over the half hour here. Let's try to keep it to thirty minutes or so. Um, and you've been recorded the whole time, so you didn't even know <laughs> it, did you? That's good. So I guess it, kind of in closing out, um, uh, Andrea, I'll start with you. I mean, from a uh, either networking or mentoring standpoint, I mean, what, what's your uh, uh, what like what's your most memorable um, either networking or, or mentoring experience? Oh boy, um, I mean. <laughs> Like I said, honestly, I've been, it's not something I've done well until recently. And I think it's just maturity and experience and things. So, I mean, I think, you know, the networking, I'm only now, I feel like kind of started to figure it out and just starting with you guys. I mean, basically since leaving a period two and a half months ago and kind of as we've bonded in this relationship and using this as I've come up to speed on my new job, but I, some of the tips you guys have given me are things like I haven't even really thought about and haven't done very well. Um, so I think, like I said, it's something I'm just learning. And then I think similarly from a mentoring, I've known for a while that it's not something I did well. I didn't have in my early career. So I think like to Miriam or somebody made the point of um, helping other maybe younger women in particular, you know, you really should look for this, you know, even if it isn't identified or maybe identified or um, you know, something to kind of push for. And I still haven't done quite well. And I think it goes back to the introverted personality. So, um, so I don't have great memories more that I think I'm learning you know, as we all are. And I, and it's only taken, it's taken me 20 years into my career to realize the value of these and to really kind of create it. So kind of not a great answer, but that's a good answer. <laughs> hey, Lori, good Lori. What about you? <laughs> um, so I don't know that I have really standout moments. I will say that just in terms of networking, because I see it as relationships and I'm so relationship driven that I do get a lot of energy between discovering what those connections are. And, um, you know, this, just this idea that we are all connected in some way. We just, we just haven't discovered how yet. And so just to be reminded of that, even, you know, looking at the LinkedIn network and 
if I'm interested in an opportunity at one company or I think this company is a good fit with another company, it's just sort of tracing those um, those and uh, lines. I think is is really kind of fun. Um, I think just in terms of. Uh, you know, as we were talking about mentoring and how those things happen organically, you know, when we get caught up in sort of solving problems and, and leading organizations, um, you know, I, I did have a really um, instructive moment with um, uh, someone who reported to me who ha- was having a very difficult time. And um, she, it, she was very torn up about a, a particular situation. And so we worked through it. And I honestly didn't it didn't register with me as some huge ordeal, right? It was just something, Hey, something came up. We have to, you know, let's work together. Let's be positive about it. What's the way forward. Um, but she came back to me later and really took the time to say, Hey, you know, that made all the difference in the world, you know, your approach to it and your, you know, just having somebody model, um, you know, being caring and, um, even emotional in an organization, um, and, and be able to do that professionally. So the fact that she sort of gave me a mirror and kind of provided some feedback was really validating and helped me to, um, just have interactions at at an even deeper level, um, moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's really, really, really good as well. Miriam, are you well, I, I want to say, I think I, I probably the networking part, and I, I think realizing that networking takes makes it, it takes an effort to do. Uh, and um, I think that's, that's something that I don't think I realize the value of it. And the more I read, the more I think it should become just like you keep up with your friends. I think you have to nurture your network and you need to do it as such that you don't always go to them when you need something. Right. And, and to me, that's, that's a realization that seems very simple. But then how do you do that? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of ideas. Like, would I have a, you know, maybe I should block out a time on my calendar every week or every two weeks that I do. Like, make a conscious effort. Don't lose uh, touch with people that you care about. Um, and, I mean, I think right now this is an example. As we've moved on, um, two, of, two out of four of us is no longer, we're in the same professional organization. So if it wasn't for the kind of forms that we have, we would have lost touch. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, and not because I don't care about you guys. I care a lot. But, you know, the problems of the day or activities that they kind of take over. And I feel that's true for some of the folks that have been gone as well. And I've kind of lapsed in keeping yeah. in touch with them. So, like, how do you change that? How do you make sure that people who are important and you value those friendships, those relationships, continue to have a venue to do it because this calendars no longer will be there. How do I make sure that I have my monthlies with Lori uh, and those kind of stuff. So I think those are the, those are the, the, my takeaways right now. And I'm working on it. Don't know really what the answer is, but I guess if uh, awareness is the first step forward, I'm taking the first step. <laughs> I was talking to someone a little bit earlier this week and um, uh, he was telling me that, uh, that, his cousin spends has certain a certain number of hours every week blocked out for random meetings, um, and that means that there's absolutely no agenda. Somebody just told him he should meet this person or whatever, and so he does this, um, you know, once or whatever. I don't know how many hours a week, but it's not a ton, but once or twice a week. Um, and that his best ideas and his his best some of the the things that he's able to do to actually move things forward come out of those meetings. Um, and he, you know, some of them are total spitball, nothing, nothing happens, but some of his best ideas come from it. That's the, the thing is so easy to get caught in the, um, 
uh, just in the constant firefighting. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is, this is something that I think, you know, Etner um, is really good at. He's, he was always really good at just somehow or another removing himself for it from it, probably because he knew that the four of us would take care of everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) removing himself from it and, you know, coming up with new ideas and and I can't do that in firefight at the same time. Maybe some people can, but I can't, I, I, those are two different muscles for me. It's either I'm dealing with my inbox or dealing with issues or dealing with, you know, something that has to get done or I, I have to go away, shut everything down, I think. And, um, Mm -hmm. and same thing with, with, with networking and mentoring as well. And the last thing I'd say on the mentoring front is it's really probably been the last, only the last. I don't know, maybe five, six years that it occurred to me that I needed to have some responsibility to mentor back, right? Um, I think I was always on the other side of asking for help. So, um, but it's... I've it, done well, <laughs> by the way. join us again on an upcoming episode. But in the meantime, visit our website at realtechreallife.com. Check out our episode guide and leave us comments and feedback and questions that you'd like to have us answer in future episodes. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.